May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Some people grow up in rural places, others in small towns or suburban communities. I grew up in the city. And the city's different than small towns and rural places and suburban communities. It's different because there are more people in the city. The more people you get together, the more you realize something. Some people are really weird. And if you live in the city long enough, you realize that you have an abundance of the people who are really weird. Some people call them more interesting. You know, there's a greater diversity in the number of people. That's true. There is greater diversity. And, um, and yes, I think weird is interesting. So I don't mean it pejoratively, but just descriptively, you know, that there are people that are different. And um, different is good. When I, um, when I worked at the grocery store, and I was 16, I, I worked at this grocery store, met my wife there, it was a great place to work, um, and here I am in this neighborhood grocery store, and, and this guy walks through my line, and he says to me one day, um, my name is Jesus Christ. And I said, oh, you know, it's nice to meet you. You know, I mean, what do you say to that? You know, is it a strange thing to say? And another time he came through and he was, he told me his name was Satan. So I think he had this little identity issue going on in, in his mind. But he was always somebody different. I met a woman in the city um, one time. Her name was, I'm not kidding you, Happy Easter. If your surname was Easter, why would you name your child Happy, you know? Um, but sure enough, her mother did. And, um, and she was a very nice person. Uh, you know, I... I I think when the guy came through my checkout line and told me he was Jesus, I should have said, you should meet my friend Happy. I mean, they would be really great to, to know each other. You know, so there are all these kind of different, complex, uh, you know, group of people that you meet when you grow up in the city. I remember this one time in particular. I was at my friend Rob's house. We were about 16, and um, we were looking for a ride to get across town. Uh, we wanted to go see some people or whatever, and, and there was no ride forthcoming. We had no cars. It was a long way to walk, too far to walk. And, and so we were sitting around the house thinking it was probably going to be a homemade pizza and HBO night. I always thought my friend Rob was rich because he was the only person I knew that had, uh, like, basic cable, you know. And so uh, we would spend all the time at his house and, 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 and looking for a ride across town just so we could, you know, go see other people. But it didn't look like it was going to happen. And then there was this fella who came by to visit Rob's mom. Rob's mom was single, and this guy was a potential suitor. We thought he was really old. He was probably about 50. But when you're 16, 50 is really old to people. And so we thought he was really old, but he, he sure he wasn't, you know, maybe. And, and so he came and, and was visiting and, and after a while decided to leave. And let me tell you, he was really weird. I mean, he was strange beyond measure, you know. And, and, and I remember thinking what an odd fellow this guy was. His name was Bob or Bill or... Or something with a B, I can't remember really. But, but when he decided to leave, my friend Rob had a stroke of genius. Joey says, I'll bet this guy will give us a ride across town. You know, I don't know that that was a good idea. I mean, this guy was really suspect. He was, he was odd, okay? And so, um, and so I said, well, you never know. I mean, we need a ride. We're desperate for a ride. He's got a... So we go and he's got, a, he's got a pickup truck with a camper on the back. You remember the time? I think the guy lived in that camper, just to be honest with you, you know. And so we got into the front of the pickup truck, the guy driving, of course, Rob in the middle, and I was as far away as I could in the passenger seat. And we're driving down the road, and most people get in the car and turn up the radio dial. He turned up the crazy dial because he started talking in really strange uh, ways, and, and, and I, was, I was getting very nervous. And then he pulled out a switchblade knife. 
and popped the blade out and he pointed at my buddy Rob. So I did what you would do. I popped the door open to the truck as it's driving down the road at 35 miles an hour. And I said to my buddy, we're going, let's go. And I went out and he didn't follow. I don't know if you've ever jumped out of a moving vehicle. It's nothing like what you see on TV. (laughs) The ground comes at you. It comes at you very quickly, too. And let me tell you, when you find it and when it finds you, it hurts. Um, And so there I am in the street. The the truck slams on the brakes. I look up, and my buddy jumps out, and he's laughing hysterically. I mean, laughing like he's just heard the funniest joke you've ever heard in your life. I said, why didn't you go? He says, oh, that guy's harmless. But you, Joe, you jumped out of a moving vehicle. Who does that? The dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I thought I was saving, I thought I was going to save my life and his, but you know, when you grow up in the city, you learn early on to be careful who you trust. That was a lesson I learned growing up in the city anyway. You're careful who you trust because the world is full of weird people and some of them are not trustworthy. You grew up in a, in a place where you, you live and around a bunch of uh, different people. And you, you learn that, that, that not everyone is who they say they are. The people aren't always looking out for your best interest. You can't trust everyone. There's a, um, an old country music song. I don't listen to much country music. You guys know. I'm a rocker, right? But anyway, I, I don't listen to much country music, but I, I remember this song by the Judds. You remember the Judds, you know? Uh, uh, anyway, they, they sang this song called Grandpa. And it says, you know something about Grandpa? Tell me about the good old days. I hear that Grandpa's like to tell stories about good old days. I don't, you know, tell me about the good old days. But these stories aren't the ordinary stories. Tell me about times where promises were something that people kept, not just something they would say. You know, tell me about a time when families really bowed their heads to pray and where daddies never really went to go away. Something like that, you know. Tell me about these stories about virtue. About a world where virtue used to exist, where integrity and trustworthiness and faith were cherished. I think people were kind of attracted to that song. I think it did well in music uh, industry and charts because there's something in it that people long for. They long for a trustworthiness. They long for a world where people can, can be counted on to keep their word. And maybe sometimes you've read through the Psalms and you've found many Psalms that kind of have this same sentiment. There's Psalms that are just so sweet and, and drip with beautiful religious sentimentality. Uh, psalms that are, that are full of this grandeur and praise. Psalms like this one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, how many of you are ready to break out into old KJV language right there, right? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You would think that the psalmist lived in a world much different than our own. He lived in a world where, well, you know, it was puppy dogs and rainbows all the time. Where everything was good and joyful and pleasant and people skipped a lot. You know, you know, it was like watching an old black and white TV show or something. But you'd be wrong, wouldn't you? Listen to the 120th Psalm. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips. The 64th Psalm. Hear my voice, O God, my complaint. 
Preserve my life from the dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the throng of evildoers who wet their tongues like swords and aim bitter words like arrows. Or the 57th Psalm, My soul is in the midst of lions. I, I lie down among fiery beasts. The children of man, people whose teeth are like arrows. If you think the psalmist lives in a world of rainbows and puppy dogs, you're wrong. That's not the world that he lives in. I'm sure there were rainbows and puppy dogs, but it wasn't all the time. It wasn't a life of ease and tranquility. He lived in the same kind of world that you and I live in. A world where people are people. And where some people aren't what they present themselves to be. And yet, in the middle of that, in the middle of that kind of world, he writes these words. The Lord is my shepherd, shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. He's not complaining about the myriad of people around the world who are untrustworthy. He's not complaining about how difficult life is. Here, he's stopping for a moment and saying, you know what? God directs my soul. He protects me. And he gives us this great metaphor, shepherd and sheep. Now, I've never been a rancher or a tender of animals other than my dog Lucy. I don't know anything about animals at all. I told you, I grew up in a city. But I do know some people who have had sheep. And here's what they tell me. Sheep aren't real smart. <laughs> They're not. They're not real smart. They, um, they eat with their head down and they just keep grazing. And, um, and they, they have no idea what's going on around them. They're completely vulnerable to attack from predators. They, they couldn't fight if they tried. You know, they, they don't know how to fend for themselves. They're, they're completely, they, they would just, there are sheep who will literally walk off a cliff because they're eating and they're not looking up and they don't see it and boom, right over the edge, tumbling down. You've seen that image, that, that painting of Jesus who's leaning over, he's leaning over that precipice. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Is it on the front of the bulletin? He's leaning, he's leaning over the, the precipice and he's taking the sheep. Is that what's on the front? And somebody nod if that's what's on the front of the bulletin. Yeah, I thought that's what it was. And he, that image is there because that's what sheep do. They just wander. They get lost. Sheep need someone they can trust. They need someone who's looking out after them. The implication, the Lord is my shepherd, is that, that the psalmist is saying that's what God does for him. He provides the basic sustenance of life. But more than that, it's more than just the basic sustenance. He leads me beside what? Still waters. He leads me in the green pastures. He restores my life. It's an abundance. And yes, there are times when following the Lord seems foolhardy. You know, a sheep with its head down all of a sudden looks up and it's in a deep, dark valley. Oh my word, how did we get here? You know, I can just imagine from a sheep's point of view, uh, I don't know how sheep think, but I think it probably goes like this. Is he paying attention up there? Does he not know that we're in this deep... How did we get here? You know, how did we get into this valley? There are wolves up on top. There are shadows of ahead. It looks like death. Is anybody leading this pack? I mean, who's in charge here? He leads me through the valley of the shadow of death, not just into it. 
The good shepherd doesn't lead the sheep into the valley. He leads the sheep through the valley. Because the shepherd knows that sometimes to get from one grazing pasture to another, it means going through the dark valley. It means going through a difficult period. But God, in His providential care, listen to this, the Lord leads me in paths of righteousness. Here's where the King James misses. That, that sounds like a moral issue, like God leads me into good living, and He does. Don't misunderstand that. But the, but the translation in the, in the bulletin this morning is better. He leads me in the right paths. I imagine a sheep in the middle of a valley says, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> we, do, we didn't really have to go here, did we? Yes, we did. We did have to go this way. We did have to go through this difficult time. We did have to go through here to get where we're going. And that's where the second part comes from. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It sounds like um, it sounds like he has two different things in his hand, right? A rod in his left hand and a, a staff in his right. No, it, it, it's what's called a uh, it's what's called a synonymous parallelism in Hebrew uh, poetry. It's saying the same thing. It's like um, my sins and my transgressions. It's like saying uh, the heavens are telling the glory of God and, and the firmament proclaims His handiwork. This is, this is two ways of saying the same thing. Why does the psalmist feel safe in the midst of the, sh- the valley of the shadow of death? Because the shepherd has a staff in his hand. And the, sh- the sheep know that because the shepherd carries his staff, if a predator comes, he is going to defend them. At the peril of his own life. Read, read David, how he says, What did I do when the lion and the bear attacked the sheep? I went after them. Why? Because that's what a shepherd has to do. The shepherd is the one who protects the sheep. You're a shepherd. You have no gun. You have no arrow. You have no spear. You have a staff. And you use it to defend the sheep. Now hear the words of the Lord Jesus afresh this morning. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. I don't mean to belittle anyone's intelligence this morning. Y'all are some of the smartest people I've ever been in contact with. Spiritually speaking, though, we are all like sheep. We're not very smart. We put our heads down, we munch on the grass that's in front of us, and we wander all over the place. <clears throat> we need someone to look after us. We would walk over a cliff because we're not paying attention. And that's what Jesus promises for us. He promises us that even though we're ill-equipped, even though we're vulnerable, even though we're not so smart, that He'll watch out for us. That He protects us. That He is the shepherd who comes after us. And that He leads us through the valley not just into it. He's going to take us all the way to the other side. I don't know what your experiences are. I don't know where you grew up and how the kind of image of people around you... you, But you've lived long enough to know that not everyone is who they say they are. There are people in this world who will chew you up and spit you out, that you are to them a commodity, something to be used to advance their own life and career. The Lord Jesus says you are not that to Him. He values you because of you. He loves you just like you are because you are His creation. That He loves you. 
just because you're you. And I think, I think that's very good news. Don't you? Amen.